Elon Musk has been a Republican for less than 48 hours, and already they are me tooing him. That's right. Already they are accusing him of sex crimes. I think that's a new record. Elon Musk has been around for half a century now. He has been in public life since the late 1990s. He has been prominent in public life for what, 20 years now? And just now, just 24 hours after announcing that he's become a Republican, the establishment media run a shocking story that six years ago, Elon Musk propositioned a masseuse or something. Elon actually predicted that this would happen a couple of days ago. He said, expect the political attacks against me to escalate in the coming months. And because the establishment propagandists are so predictable, we get this first one almost immediately. All of a sudden, for whatever reason, whatever reason, who knows? Six years after the alleged incident, this poor beleaguered masseuse has just seen fit to bring this traumatic experience to light, just coincidentally, while Elon is in the midst of a hostile takeover of a major speech platform on an explicitly anti-leftist political platform. What are the odds? What are the odds? I have a rule in politics. I do not take seriously any allegation against longtime public figures, especially against political figures and especially in heated political moments that concerns events that supposedly took place years prior. The reason is one, if the allegations were legit, they likely would have come out years prior. They would have come out in the past, but also two, because the allegations are so obviously cynical, so obviously opportunistic at least, even in the unlikely event that whatever is alleged did actually happen, it is only coming out now to shut the accused person up or to intimidate the accused person or to bully the accused person or to stop him from affecting whatever kind of political change he's trying to bring about. In the past, when the establishment had more credibility, these sorts of campaigns worked. Today, I'm not so sure that they do. If anything, frankly, I think they might have the opposite effect. I was previously somewhat on the fence about Elon Musk. I like the Twitter stuff. I like the trolling. Don't love plugging your brain into the matrix. So I don't know. I was a little bit on the fence. Now that he is being hit with some cynical sex allegation by the worst people on earth, by the news media and the political hacks in the establishment, I am far more likely to support him. In a world of censorship and media manipulation, it can be hard to judge a man by his words and even by his actions. But you can still judge a man by his enemies. And right now, Elon has all the right ones. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Gamer Dad, who said, I knew Joe was lying when he said, world leaders walk up to me. No, Joe, nobody walks up to you except the guy selling ice cream. That's true. Joe Biden can be in a room ostensibly of his own supporters, and no one wants to talk to him. We saw that very sad video, and then everyone's talking to Obama, and then Biden goes up to try to say like, hey, hey, Obama, you know, I'm the president, and, and Obama shoes him away, says, get out of here. Is it any wonder that Biden is doing such a poor job handling our economy. One reason that you might want to consider, Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898 because it finally happened, folks. The Fed has realized the dire straits that our economy is in thanks to our loose monetary policy. Turns out, you're going to be shocked to hear this, you can't just spend trillions of dollars every year with absolutely no repercussions. So to play catch up, the Fed has been raising rates. 
and plans to raise rates seven times this year. You are already seeing those ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. Have you considered what could happen in the stock market if the economy stalls out? Do not wait for that to happen. Take some of your profits from the stock market right now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. I personally have very much enjoyed investing in precious metals and gold specifically. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, 298 for a free zero obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. You probably wish that you did this about a week or two ago, a month ago maybe, but it's not too late. Do it now with countless five-star reviews and an A-plus rating uh, with the Better Business Bureau. I trust the professionals at Birch Gold. So text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, and secure the gains that you have made while you can. Go check out Birch Gold today. The Elon sexual harassment allegation has so many layers to it. So what the libs are claiming now is what all of Elon's political opponents are claiming, which is to say the libs. They're saying, listen, the only reason that Elon warned people that there were going to be a lot of political attacks against him, the only reason he came out as a Republican, the only reason he's championing free speech and all this is because he knew, he knew that these allegations were going to come out. So he got ahead of the story. Uh, Okay. Yeah, maybe the timing is a little coincidental for me because it's not as though Elon Musk woke up one day and just out of the blue said, I'm a Republican now. And then the the allegations hit. Then you could imagine, okay, maybe he was tipped off that the allegations were going to come out, that Business Insider was going to run this story. And so he just pulled a publicity stunt. But Elon has been setting the stage for this for well over a month now, more than, well, more than a month. And he's been palling around with the Babylon Bee and he's been cozying up to conservatives for a very, very long time. You're telling me that Business Insider was just working on this story the whole time and, and that Elon Musk is now putting $44 billion on the table and, and opening himself up to the Securities and Exchange Commission, opening himself up to all sorts of political attacks to get ahead of this story about propositioning a masseuse. I don't buy that. I don't buy that for one second. So there's obviously the political layer to it. At the most superficial layer, this is about a woman who's seen the light and says she needs to accuse Elon Musk six years after something very vaguely insinuated maybe happened. Then the deeper level is this is obviously about politics. This is obviously because Elon is going against the liberal establishment, so they're going to turn all the guns on him, and they're going to use their most frequent method, which is me tooing him. Okay, there's actually a deeper level, potentially, even than that. There's a story that came out last night from the Twitter account Unusual Whales, which posts... Uh, financial activity. And they pointed out that coincidentally, the day after this business insider story on Elon Musk was published, there was a large put option that was expiring. So there, there was a, the day after this story was published, there was an opportunity for a big investor to bet against the Tesla share price. There was an opportunity and it was, that was it, that, that was going to be the day that it was going to happen. That, uh, the, that someone could make a lot of money if the Tesla share price went down. A lot of money, an unusual amount of money. And then just coincidentally, the day before that's to happen, Business Insider drops this story. It gets even crazier because the CEO of Business Insider has been accused of securities fraud and I think barred from the industry. Business Insider did the same thing with Barstool. Right? Do you remember, do you, I think it was Business Insider that broke that story. Someone in the press broke that story about, about Dave Portnoy and Barstool Sports, and they, they me too him as well. 
And oddly enough, the same situation was happening. There was an opportunity the following day to make a ton of money if the price of Barstool went down. So what exactly is going on here? Now, Unusual Whales did not make any specific allegations here, whether against Business Insider or anyone else, just observing that the timing is a little coincidental. In the same way that the political watchers were observing that the timing was a little coincidental of these allegations, so too the financial insiders were looking at that as well. When you're trying to figure out what is this about, and you've got in one place virtue, and then in the next place, ideology. And then in the next place, politics. And then in the next place, money. What is this about, this big new political event? You're usually safer betting on the last two, <laughs> okay? A lot of times what happens is the woke corporations or the hack politicians, they will feign virtue. They will signal virtue. They will, they will speak in terms of ideology. But what a lot of it comes down to is cold, hard jockeying for power and cold, hard cash. Seems to be what's going on here. I don't think it'll work though. It, it might hurt him. I mean, any allegation is damaging. That's why people still lob them. But I don't think it'll really hurt Elon with his base. I think we see through this kind of stuff. Frankly, I am more inclined to support him now that I see that the entire media establishment are going after him. Think, okay, well, he's got the right enemies. He's got my enemies. So I guess he, he can't be all bad. This is the, the usual tricks that we see. You, you are seeing right now a whole lot of tricks coming out from the media establishment, especially on this term du jour. This really, this is the, the current thing this week that everyone's talking about in the media establishment to club Republicans on the head. They're talking about the great replacement theory. And the great replacement theory is this idea that uh, p- people in politics are uh, on the left are using immigration policy to transform the electorate of the United States so that they can get an electoral advantage. I don't know exactly what's conspiratorial about this or theoretical. I mean, they've been bragging about doing this for 20 years, but they, they can't seem to get totally on message now. So on CNN, they're talking about this as though it were some crazy, insane conspiracy theory that only the most racist, bigoted, kooky Republicans are, are repeating. And it's such a terrible problem. We've got to censor people from from repeating it. Over the weekend, Adam Kinzinger highlighted uh, the number three Republican in the House, Elise Stefanik's use of the white replacement theory in an ad. He wrote, uh, did you know that Elise Stefanik pushes white replacement theory, the number three in the House GOP? Uh, Liz Cheney got removed for demanding the truth. The Republican leader should be asked about this. It's not just Elise Stefanik. If you watch Fox News, this is the mainstay of their primetime hours. Tucker Carlson discusses it in sometimes euphemistic form, but not really that all that euphemistic. What does this country do about the way in which this idea of white replacement has just become part of our politics? It's a really, really uh, tough question because we don't have, you know, legal instruments in this country to restrain radical speech uh, in that way. We don't have it. And he goes on, he says, look, I'm not calling for it. I like free speech, but uh, just, it's just, we just don't have the opportunity when people spread the, the replacement conspiracy theory. Unfortunately, this misinformation, disinformation spreads. So that's the line coming from CNN. A little bit confusing because the line coming from the New York Times right now is the opposite. The New York Times, the very same day, published a column saying, uh, not, not denying great replacement theory, but saying, no, great, great replacement theory is happening. It's always been happening and it's a very good thing. You know, what's a really good thing. 
good fresh American meat like you get from good ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles. You should do this just generally. This would be a good idea if that were all I were going to tell you today about Good Ranchers, which brings top quality meat to your door whenever you want it. But today's even crazier because when you place your order with code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, you will get two pounds of free Wagyu beef, which is my favorite thing that Good Ranchers puts out. And I love all of their stuff. I love the better than organic chicken. I love the New York strip steaks. I love all of it. But my favorite is that Wagyu beef. So you can get two pounds right now of the Wagyu beef just for free. You can save $25 per month when you subscribe off of every single box for life. And speaking of for life, we've got inflation going on through our economy right now, record highs. You can lock in your price for meat for life. You can inflation proof your grocery shopping. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com slash Knowles or use code Knowles right now to claim two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and lock in your subscription price. If you do not buy the meat in your house, tell the person who does to grab two pounds of free American Wagyu beef today before it's gone. Promo code Knowles at GoodRanchers.com slash Knowles. Go check out Good Ranchers today. The libs need to get on a listserv or something. They need to sit down, have a meeting, get on the same talking points. Because they are telling us simultaneously that great replacement theory is, is fake. It's the most racist, kooky, conspiratorial thing anyone's ever heard. And also that it's real and has always been happening and it's a great thing. This column just came out by Brett Stevens, who used to be kind of conservative. And now I don't think one would really call him a conservative. And he's at the New York Times. So there you have it. He writes, it's the first paragraph of the column. In the broadest sense, what goes by the name replacement theory, the idea that American elites are conspiring to replace so-called real Americans with immigrants from poor countries, is merely a description of the American way, enshrined in tradition, codified by law, promoted by successive generations of American leaders, from Washington to Lincoln to Kennedy and Reagan. He goes on, blah, 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 blah. What all of this says is that the phenomenon of replacement writ large is America and has been from the beginning, sometimes by force, mostly by choice. What the far right calls replacement is better described as renewal. (laughs) Points for half honesty. His account of history is a little weak, though he makes some interesting points in the column. Uh, It is not the case, as I think Brett Stevens is insinuating, and as Joe Biden said infamously and explicitly, that America has just been an endless stream of migration from the very beginning. That's not true. We've had laws throughout the history of our country that almost shut down immigration for large periods of time and greatly restricted immigration and controlled immigration so as not to upset political balances in the country for long periods of American history. And then over the last 50 years, we've completely gotten rid of those restrictions, opened the floodgates to an an immigration regime specifically designed to give advantage to Democrats. So that's just what's happening right now. Now you're seeing record immigration, not just at the legal level, million legal immigrants per year, but at the illegal level, 2 million illegal immigrants per year. So 3 million total who skewed dramatically Democratic. Now we are seeing some movement of Hispanics into the GOP camp, but overall the effect is undeniably in favor of Democrats. And Brett Stevens says, this is renewal. This is renewal. So which is it? I'm I'm really torn here because if, if I said on this show, if I said on this show what Brett Stevens has said, if I said on this show what Joe Biden has said, if I said on this show 
what countless libs have said on MSNBC, on CNN, uh, Joe Scarborough says demographics is destiny, CNN, the, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all saying yes, even left-wing political scientists that have been saying this now for 20 years, that yes, immigration policy is going to doom the Republican Party. It, it, the point of the immigration policy is to specifically to reduce the percentage of white voters in America because we, the Democrats, believe that if we have more Hispanic voters in America and from other regions too, but especially Hispanic voters, that that is going to give us a permanent majority. If, if I said that, if I made those substantive claims right now, rather than just merely discussing them in historical context, my Wikipedia page would be changed. And they would say, Michael Knowles is a far-right, crazy, conspiracy theorist, white supremacist, bigot, neo-Nazi, the guy's worse than Adolf Hitler. If I just, if I just made the exact same claims that Joe Biden, now I guess Brett Stevens, CNN, MSNBC, all the rest of them, Michael Anton at the Claremont Institute has described this bizarre phenomenon that we're living in, which, is, which goes actually even a lot deeper than a replacement or immigration or anything else. We're in a phenomenon now where the left gets to say something, and then we repeat the same thing that the left said, and the left gets angry at us for repeating it. It's, it, it, the comparisons to 1984, I think, are tedious sometimes, but here is a place where it's probably apt. We are being forced to lie. We are being forced to deny what we see with our own lying eyes and hear with our own lying ears. All the while, the left smirks and contradicts itself and brags about it and boasts because they have got the power. Which, which is it? I don't know. It's not, it's not happening and it's good that it is. This is it's what we've heard from, from the beginning on so many of these issues. It's not, critical race theory is not being taught in schools and it's good that it is. Transgenderism is not being pushed on little kids and it's good that it is. The replacement theory, replacement migration is not happening and it's a good thing that it is. It's a renewal because of all you stale, disgusting Americans. That you guys are bad. The people who were born in America, you guys are bad. You're disgusting. You're lazy. You're just awful. You're stale. You're decaying the country. So we need renewal, according to the New York Times. So they say. Why don't we trust the media with, with such, such honesty as they've shown? Why don't we trust the media? Uh, Glenn Greenwald, who is, I always thought of him as a leftist, left-wing journalist, but he said some things now that the right really likes. He put together a phenomenal supercut of, of probably my least favorite host on MSNBC. I find her to be the most grating and the most dishonest and the most strident, Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace on MSNBC has the audacity to accuse conservatives of spreading misinformation. Here is just a sliver of the kind of misinformation you see specifically from her, just one woman on just one network, MSNBC. Donald Trump to now investigate a conspiracy theory about COVID coming from a lab in Wuhan. This theory needs to be investigated, which is what President Biden is doing. Hunter Biden's laptop reveals emails. We shouldn't look at it as anything other than a Russian disinformation operation. The Hunter Biden laptop material is genuine. The murder of a police officer. Officer Brian Sicknick was killed in the line of duty. They beat a Capitol police officer to death. Officer Sicknick died of natural causes. The Steele dossier 
It may be dirty, but it ain't fake. Uh, obviously, the SEAL dossier is discredited by far, actually. I mean, this is the lunatic response to what is a very rational, evidence-based, fact-based investigation. FBI pleads guilty to doctoring email. What the report shows is something that won't be surprising to people that have spent a lot of time in the federal government. The report left former officials aghast. The FBI is exonerated today. It doesn't vindicate anyone at the FBI who touched this. They are all absolved of any wrongdoing. The activities we found here don't vindicate anybody. The Trump administration cleared peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters so the president could take a photo in front of a church. We did not find evidence that federal agents used CS gas. This goes on for minutes. This go- and this is just one little cut that one journalist made about one of the establishment propagandists on just one of the establishment propaganda networks, just one. And I know if you're listening to this show, you probably have a healthy skepticism of the establishment media, but even I, grizzled, jaded as I am, watching that back to back to back to back, even I was shocked. The lies that just just this one woman on just this one network is spreading. And the crazy part is, they all do it. They all do it. It's not just her, and it's not just that network. It's all of them, and they do it all the time. And the crazier part is, Tonight, people, even if they saw that clip, tonight people are going to go home or they're going to be walking in the airport, more likely if they're watching CNN or MSNBC, and they're going to watch that. And the people in the, in the clothing with the serious faces are going to go there and they're going to say a bunch of BS again. And a lot of people are going to believe it. This is why, this is why I don't give any credence to the Elon thing. I don't know whether Elon propositioned a masseuse or not. I'm not even particularly interested in this alleged incident that happened six years ago because once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see that the establishment press are not there to report the news, once you see that the establishment press have no regard for truth and they actually seem to have a, a pretty strong contempt for truth, when you see that they are only there to advance the Democrat party line, the liberal political line, the left, the establishment, use whatever word you want. You, you become so repulsed. You become, you, it's even sort of depressing because we all wish that we could live in that time that we were told existed in the past, though it probably never really did exist, where we could trust our newsmen, where we all just, we, listen, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts, okay? And we can all agree on some basic things. No, we do, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. The institutions that are most demanding of our trust are the most corrupt. And so I don't believe a damn word these people say. And every time one of them parrots some line about how bad Elon Musk is, my admiration for him increases. My, li- my likelihood of supporting him increases significantly. The fake news is running amok. And it's at the very same time that the government is trying to establish new censorship boards to censor people for saying the opposite of the misinformation that they themselves are spreading. So now they're they're trying to set up an enforcement mechanism in the government to stop you from telling the truth. Now, some conservatives are pushing back. There was a delightful moment in the Senate yesterday when a Democrat senator gets up and starts spouting the same dumb slogans that we've been hearing now since Donald Trump was elected, which is that the Republicans 
Beep boop, the Republicans are controlled by Putin. Beep beep boop, they're the pro-Russia party. Beep 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 boop. And it's totally contrary to the facts. And Senator Cruz gets up there because, because Senator Cruz, I love the guy. You know I love the guy. I host a podcast with him. I, I know the guy pretty well. And I know one of his great strengths is he knows the rules of the Senate. He knows how to move levers of power. And he knows how to crush a guy in an argument. Okay, He knows how to find the weakness in the argument. He knows exactly how to twist it. That was his career. He was a prosecutor, solicitor general of Texas, argued cases before the Supreme Court. So he sees his opening and he takes it. Will the senator yield for questions? Certainly. Uh, just a moment ago, the senator from Ohio made reference to the alleged existence of a so-called Putin wing of the Republican Party. I'd like to ask the senator from Ohio, is it accurate? that the senator from Ohio and 43 of his Democratic colleagues in January of this year voted against sanctioning Nord Stream 2, sanctioning Russia, sanctioning Putin, despite the fact that Ukraine begged the Senate to pass those sanctions, and Putin invaded Ukraine just days after 44 Democrats sided with Russia and Putin. I, I take back my time. I, I've heard... No Democrat talk about, I've heard nobody talk about the, Democrat, the Putin wing of the Democratic Party. No Democrat believes that. Brutal. <laughs> I love his, uh, could I just raise a question? Uh, sure, yes, the senator from Texas. Okay. Um, it's, it's like out of my cousin Vinny. Everything that guy just said is complete BS. He, Cruz gets up there and he says, so you're making this allegation that the Republicans are the pro-Putin party. Is it not in fact the case that you Democrats are the ones who lifted the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which Ukrainian President Zelensky himself says was the cause of the war. The sanctions that I, Ted Cruz, and we, the Republicans, put into place specifically to stop the invasion of Ukraine and that you guys lifted. And then what is this Democrat senator? He says, ah, bah, uh, uh, can I have a redo? <laughs> can I take my time back? I'm not going to answer that. And then the best part of it all, is the best answer he can muster after he stammers for a little bit is, I've never heard anyone say that the, that the Democrats are the pro-Putin party. Right, you've never heard anyone say that because you're all liars and hacks and propagandists. I've never heard anyone say that on CNN. Right, because CNN is dishonest. I've never read that anywhere in the New York Times. Uh-huh, right, because the New York Times is, are liars. The reporters and the editors, less so the reporters, certainly the editors, are liars there. That's why you haven't heard it. But you'll notice Cruz's question wasn't about things people have said. It was about concrete actions. <laughs> he says, oh, I'm, huh? What vote? Uh, the vote you took, fella. Okay, all right, back to the narrative. No more talk about actions. No more talk about things that people have actually done. We're just going to go back to the narrative. Sometimes you can see those cracks in the narrative. W one piece of the Democrat narrative that has just collapsed because of reality came all the way back to the 2020 presidential debates when President Trump was hammering Joe Biden over his family's obvious corruption, selling American influence to Ukraine, selling American influence to China, and Hunter Biden making a ton of money on this and potentially giving a 10% kickback to the big guy, the big guy being his father. So you, you had Trump going after this and Joe Biden, who's usually pretty good at giving himself some wiggle room. He's usually good at giving himself an out. He made a declarative statement. He said, my son 
He couldn't say my son hasn't made any money in Ukraine because that was so obvious and already proven. He said, my son has not made any money in China. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about? China. And in terms of, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, China. He hasn't made any money. NBC just came out with this report. In the space of five years, 2013 to 2018, Hunter Biden inked two deals with Chinese business interests for a total of $5.8 million. This accounted for a little more than half of the money that his fake company brought in during this time. The company brought in $11 million. The rest of the money, or a lot of the rest of the money, came from Ukraine, by the way. But $5.8 million came from China. So the official line previously had been, Hunter explored some business deals in China, but they didn't actually sign any deals. Well, not true. He actually made almost $6 million bucks from China. For what? For what? For his expertise? For his paintings? For his chop suey recipe? What? What did Hunter Biden give to China that earned him almost $6 bucks? He has nothing to offer. I was going to say he could offer crack or hookers, but he can't, he actually can't offer that. People offer that to him. So what did he offer? He offered access to his father. He offered the United States. He offered the public trust. That's what he offered. And he got paid almost 6 million bucks for it. I, no, this is completely false. This would never, ha- and, and by the way, when, if you suggested over the past two years that the Bidens made money in China, you, and you said that on the show, if you made a declarative statement, if you said that on social media, you would be hit with a fact check. Fact check, 20,000 Pinocchios, false. You would have your, your content suppressed by the social media algorithms. You would, you would be, to some degree, pushed out of the public square for saying something that was completely true. Speaking of sexual deviance, Hunter Biden's the topic. Uh, Speaking of sexual deviance, a federal judge has just ruled that an Indiana middle school must let boys into the girls' room, into the little girls' bathroom. Federal judge uh, ruled this uh, on Monday. Uh, Judge Tanya Walton Pratt is her name, an Obama appointee, no surprise, has rejected the request of the Martinsville School District in Martinsville, Indiana, to delay enforcement of an April ruling at uh, John R. Wood Middle School that lets the boys go into the girls' room. Here's the judge's reasoning. Judge says, this speculative harm that could be caused by boys using the girls' room is both unsupported by any evidence and appears questionable, given that the school district allows other transgender students to use the restrooms associated with their gender identity. So yeah, the, the issue at hand is whether or not boys should be able to use the girls' room, period. Right? It's not just in this one case, but in other schools and other parts of the district, maybe they can. You're, you're saying, this judge is saying, the speculative harm is both unsupported by any evidence and appears questionable. Remember last year? You remember the story that got Glenn Youngkin elected in Virginia? You remember the story that the Daily Wire broke that the establishment media tried to cover up? You remember how a boy raped a girl, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, in a girl's bathroom because the boy was allowed to go into the bathroom, a boy who wore a skirt. And then they covered it up, school covered it up, put, transferred him to a different school, and then it happened again. Speculative harm. There's no, no evidence of this at all. Totally speculative, totally, it's not questionable at all. It's a fact. We see it with our own eyes. We see the news stories. We hear what happened. We can listen to the testimony of the girl's father. And you tell us, no, it's not happening at all. 
Don't no, don't believe it. We're listen, we're so concerned. We're so concerned with sexual harassment that we're going to try to take down Elon Musk the minute he threatens our power. We're going to let boys into the girls' room to do all sorts of heinous crimes. That, that's, we're going to turn a blind. That's actually very important for equity and justice and whatever. But we're, believe us, on the news and on sexual morality and on the public trust. Believe us. We've got your interests at heart. If you, if you believe that, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. So... Here's the problem with a lot of the establishment media shows. They drone on and on and on, but that is not the case with the Sunday special, this weekend edition of the Ben Shapiro Show. Ben talks to the guests who hold different points of view. You think that mainstream establishment shows would have Ion Hersey Ali, Matthew Iglesias, and Jordan Peterson on as guests? No way. Like everything at the Daily Wire, we are not afraid to follow the truth wherever it goes. You'll find that with our upcoming documentary with Candace Owens called The Greatest Lie Ever Told, a hard-hitting expose about the death of George Floyd and the rise of BLM. You'll also find it on this week's episode of the Sunday Special with Ben's guest, Jonathan Isaac. He'll be discussing Why I Stand, the new book that he just released with The Daily Wire. Isaac was the lone NBA player not to kneel for the national anthem during a league-wide demonstration in support of BLM. Sunday Special is available Sunday morning wherever you get your podcast. so tune in. You do not want to miss it. We will be right back with the mailbag brought to you by Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Knowles Podcast. Verizon, ATT, T-Mobile are making one thing clear. They care about selling wokeness more than wireless. And so they are making you fund their agenda with their extremely overpriced contracts and their hidden fees. And you know this, and I know this, every time you sign a cell phone contract, they, w- they won't even give you the number very often. They'll just say, well, it'll be somewhere around here, and it's so that they can rip you off. I've got great news for you. You don't need to trade in your value system, your beliefs, for good phone service. You can choose Pure Talk instead. Just as Daily Wire is offering alternatives to woke entertainment media, Pure Talk is offering alternatives to woke wireless networks. Pure Talk CEO is a U.S. veteran. Their service team is located right here in America. You do not have to compromise on service. You will be on America's most reliable 5G network for about half the cost. Unlimited talk, unlimited text, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. I'm saving so much money with Pure Talk. I love my Pure Talk phone. They've got incredible deals on the physical phones, or you can keep your phone, keep your number. It's super easy. PureTalk.com right now. Shop for the plan that's right for you. That's PureTalk.com. Enter promo code Knowles Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Promo code Knowles Podcast, K-N-W-L-E-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. All one word at PureTalk.com. PureTalk is simply smarter wireless. Welcome back to my absolute favorite time of the week when I get to hear from you in the mailbag. And now I get to literally hear from you in the voicemail bag because this is now sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles Podcast to save 50% off your first month. If you want to leave a voicemail bag, do it. Go to the website, click on the mail, click on the Michael Knowles Show, click on the mailbag button, drop your audio file in there, and you could be heard on this show. All right, first question. Hey, Michael, big fan of you personally and the show. My question is, what should the Republican Party do about the changing demographics? Um, I'm asking you and um, not the other hosts because I think uh, you have a very important voice in the Republican Party because I see you as very loyal to the Republican Party but I also see you as um, very critical of the Republican Party, and so I think you're an important voice in it. 
Um, I noticed that you are very critical of the left in the gaslighting of the country uh, regarding the changing demographics. Um, uh, but I also noticed that you didn't deny um, the claims that they're making that that um, demographics are changing. Um, but surely you do not accept the premise that demographics are destiny. So uh, what should the RNC's strategy be um, to make inroads in these minority communities that are growing at a faster rate than um, the Caucasian community? Really good question, which you're absolutely not allowed to ask or even suggest is happening unless you're a leftist, in which case you laugh about it and brag about it for 20 years. This is a leftist political strategy. The libs don't care about Hispanic people. The libs don't care about the poor foreign nationals who want to come into the country. The libs don't care about any of that. The libs care about power. And they are trying to make this about race or white supremacy or whatever uh, so that you shut up and so that you let them take over the country and establish what they believe will be a permanent majority. There is some reason for hope that Hispanics will, over the course of time, become more Republican. You are seeing that happen right now, but it's not happening fast enough. And so the, the effect of mass migration is exactly as the left thought it would be, which is that it is benefiting Democrats. So what should the Republicans do? The Republicans have to stop it. This is not a race thing. This is not about what defending white supremacy. This is about defending really basic aspects of our law and political culture. If you have a country and then you open up the borders of that country and you let an unlimited number of foreigners pour into the country and have many of, if not all of the rights of American citizens, you just don't have a country anymore. That's wrong. It's wrong for everybody who is in the country. And so we have to stop that. I always loved the squishy Republicans when they would try to push for amnesty. They would say, well, what are we going to do with the, at the time, they would say 11 million illegal aliens in the country. It's probably much higher now. What are we, what are we going to do with them? We can't just let them continue to remain in this legally dubious state. And my answer is, uh, why not? Why can't we? We bro- they broke the law. We're not deporting them. We should deport a great many of them at the very least, but we're not, we're not deporting them. We're not harassing them. We're not throwing them in gulags. Why do we have to give them the rights of citizenship? Why don't we just let them be as they are? They knew, they knew that, that when they came into the country, they were told that was the absolute best they could ever get. They signed up for it. We have given them the courtesy of not deporting them. So why do we also have to give them voting? Oh, we we only have to give them voting rights because the Democrats think it'll help them. So the first thing we have to do is just stop it. The vast majority of Americans want to drastically reduce, not just illegal immigration, but legal immigration too. We're just taking in too many people. For the last 60 years, since the Democrats changed the immigration laws to give themselves what they thought was, what they expect to be a permanent majority, we have seen the largest movement of people ever in recorded history. That's not sustainable. And it's not just the Democrats. You say, I'm a very loyal Republican. I think I'm probably the most loyal Republican, one of the most loyal Republicans in the conservative movement. But as you say, I'm also probably one of the most critical people of the Republican Party in the movement. Because I, I, I know those things seem like they're in conflict, but I don't think they are. I understand politics is a team sport. And if you want to pretend that you're high and mighty and above it all, you're not going to actually accomplish anything in politics. That's why you need parties. But 
The other part of that is if the party is not doing anything and the party is actually in many ways, allowing the left to destroy the country, well, then that party's not worth anything either. So you need the loyalty, but you need the tough love too. And there is an economic incentive for the business Republicans to encourage mass migration because, as many people have pointed out, we have a a below replacement birth rate in America, so you would have a declining population if not for mass migration. And that would not be great for the entitlement programs, and that would not be great for GDP, and that would not be great for the capitalists in, in running the corporations. And so they encourage that sort of thing too. And the Democrats get what they want, which is their political power. And the big corporations get what they want, namely to keep labor wages low and keep the GDP up. But the American people don't get to keep their traditions, their culture, their political institutions, their system of law. And so we need to to assert our rights as well. You don't You don't need to be afraid of being called a racist or a white supremacist or whatever. They're going to call you that anyway. You don't need to make this issue about racial essentialism or identitarianism or whatever. You just need to point out, hey, you libs are pursuing a very specific political strategy to gain political power by changing the electorate, and we're not going to let you do that. It's a cynical strategy. It's an opportunistic strategy, and we're going to say no. Next question. Hi, Michael. How young is too young to start investing yourself into politics? I'm 13 and started listening to all of the Daily Wire shows every day after school at the start of February after finding my dad on the website reading an article. I have 150 plus IQ and I have a knack for debate. Am I ready to, with my dad watching from a safe distance, do a prove me wrong out in public or should I wait a few years? Thanks. Love the show. Very kind. You should wait a few years. You are too young. You are not too young to be involved in politics. You could run for student government. That'll teach you more about politics than any sort of debates you do out in public. Uh, You could maybe get involved volunteering for a campaign. Not sure what the rules are depending on age, but you could maybe get involved in a campaign if you really want to in some more private capacity. I do not think you should make yourself a public figure at 13. The very fact that you're telling me how high your IQ is shows you the risks of of going out in public. Because just as a political matter, when you tell people how high your IQ is, they don't like that very much. So I'm not even denying that you have a very high IQ. You seem obviously very precocious, very intelligent. You're listening to all these shows at a very young age. That's very, very impressive. But you are too young to be a political figure. And furthermore, even if you have a very high IQ, you you almost certainly don't know a lot of things. You just haven't had enough time to learn a lot of things. I'm talking about book learning, but then especially experience. And politics is a lot about experience. And politics is a lot about relationships. And politics is a lot about a maturity that can only come with time, that actually can't be learned in a book or cannot be intuited merely through the use of your unfettered reason. So I would encourage you. I know I was a precocious young kid too. I have been a political animal since I was very young. I campaigned in my first grade classroom for Bob Dole. That is not a joke. I really, I don't know why I like Bob Dole so much, but I really liked him. And I've been interested in politics from a very young age. If you become a public figure when you're really, really young, you will make mistakes. You will say things that you ultimately will not believe. You will make, you will embarrass yourself in many ways because that's just what teenagers do. Teenagers embarrass themselves. That's the way their brains work. That's the way their behavior is almost without exception. Wait. Read a lot of books. 
listen to the podcasts, pay attention to politics, do all of those things, figure out what you really believe, get a little intro, get a little experience behind the scenes, and then you will be in such a much better position when you're older, when you're, I'm not even saying that much older, but when you're 19, 20, when you're still very young, but you'll have a little bit more, uh, and, and a little bit more experience, a little bit more knowledge, and you will be less likely to make errors that in our age of social media and the internet is forever that could really damage your future. Next question. Hi, Mr. Knowles. My name is Kyle. I'm a conservative from Chicago. And my question is, well, when discussing abortion with the leftists, they will often say, you know, well, it's the woman's body that's feeding the baby, keeping it alive, it's inside her womb, etc. You've probably heard it before. You definitely have. Uh, because, well, yeah, I guess, you know, if you take a baby out of the womb at an early stage, it probably won't survive. So I'm kind of at a loss as to what to say to this. So, of course, I have come to the expert. How would you respond to this argument? Uh, thanks a ton. Love the show, Michael. Great question. The question is, how do you respond to those abortions? It was a little muddled, uh, what he said, but I, I think what I heard was uh, the, the baby needs the mother. The baby needs the mother, can't survive outside the woman, so the mother has the right to kill the baby. I don't understand how that second part follows from the first part. Unless you believe that we don't have any obligations to anyone else, unless you adopt some insane, ahistorical, philosophically incoherent position that we are all just pure individuals who can do whatever we want with our own bodies at any given time, and we have no obligations to anyone else, a mother has obligations to her baby. It, let's say the baby's born. Goes through the whole pregnancy, the baby's born, the baby's now six months old outside the womb, and the mother leaves the baby in a car, right? Mother's going to go grocery shopping, leaves the baby in a car. By the time the mother comes out, someone sees the babies in the car. That mother would be arrested for neglect, for child abuse. But it's the mother's body. The mother can do whatever the mother wants. Uh, No, the mother has obligations. So if the mother has an obligation to the baby outside of the womb, if the mother can be prosecuted for what the mother does or does not do, or just withholds from the baby outside of the womb, Why would the mother not have obligations to the baby inside of the womb? At least the very basic obligation, not to kill the baby. It's it's such a disingenuous argument from the libs because the libs say, look, the baby isn't viable. The baby isn't autonomous. The baby can't survive without the mother. And so the mother has every right to withhold that support. Okay, that, that that isn't a good argument, but let's just accept that premise for a second. A baby can survive outside the womb these days at 21 weeks sometimes. So, okay, pro-abortion person, are you willing to ban abortion after 21 weeks? No, none of them are going to do that. Why? The baby can survive outside the womb now. So all the mother's got to do is just deliver the live baby. The mother's going to have to deliver a dead baby if she gets an abortion. The baby's got to come out somehow. So the mother can either deliver a dead baby or a live baby. So if the baby can survive outside the womb, why not just skip the step of the abortionist killing the baby and deliver the baby? You don't ever have to think about the baby again. Would you be willing to give that up? No, they would never do it. And it shows you how disingenuous they are. All right, next question. Hey, Michael. So I have made some huge improvements to my life in the last year as I finally escaped the left and the toxic ideologies that I adopted during college. It started with me watching Jordan Peterson, and I have gradually found myself becoming more and more conservative. I feel hugely grateful to The Daily Wire for helping me make sense of the brainwashing and misery I experienced as a leftist atheist. 
even recently ended my relationship with my liberal fiance because it was clear that he and I no longer had shared goals or values. My family and friends are understandably really confused by my political and religious transformation. So my question is, um, do you have any advice for new conservatives? Huge fan of the show. Thanks. I do. I have lots of advice for new conservatives. You've already done probably the most difficult thing that you would have to do that is the right thing to do. I am not saying that you can't have couples with mixed politics. I'm not even saying you can't have couples with mixed religion, although that's much harder. Uh, But what you're describing, your disagreement with your fiance, your ex-fiance, is not, uh, doesn't sound like it's a disagreement over marginal tax rates. It sounds like it's a disagreement on really fundamental questions. What is society? What is the human person? What is a marriage? (laughs) You need to agree on that before you get married. And if you don't agree on that and you come to realizations later, some people do that, you have to work very hard to make sure you get on the same page. You both have to be doing the same thing. That is very important. So you've you've come to this realization that the liberal secular worldview is just crap and it's going to give people a bad life. And so now you're pursuing something different. Your family will think you're crazy. Your friends will think you're crazy. My advice for you is to be patient with them, to be confident in the decisions that you've made and to be curious so that you don't, you don't merely remain where you are in your thought. You, you've realized that what you were doing was wrong and what you previously believed is wrong. You've, you've realized that, and you've saw it, and you can't unsee it. So now you're kind of following this, and you're, you started listening to Jordan Peterson, and I guess you started listening to me, and then you started reading things and watching things. Keep going. Keep going, and let that deepen. Politically, certainly let that deepen, and then culturally let that deepen, and then ultimately, religiously, let that deepen. You mentioned that you, your religious views have changed as well, of course. All human conflict is theological. It always comes back to religion. Follow that as well. Patience is a virtue. That's patience for the friends and family who rightly are shocked by what's going on. Confidence, you've seen it. You can't unsee it. And then the curiosity to and, and humility to continue to follow that, see where it goes. That would be my advice. Well done. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you next week. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Claven. <laughs>